Hi, this is Tiffany Bova. Welcome to this edition of the What's Next podcast, where I have the pleasure of welcoming Michael Zapersky to the show today. He is the CEO of Consulting Success and Coach to Consultants. He has helped over 450 consultants from around the world in over 75 industries add six and seven figures to their annual revenues. Michael is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, Act Now, How Successful Consultants Thrive During Chaos and Uncertainty, The Elite Consulting Mind and Consulting Success, the book. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, Tiffany. Great to be with you. Well, I can't wait to have this conversation with you because so many of my friends, colleagues that are consultants are really finding it challenging but super exciting. So I, I I can't wait to get into this conversation. But before we do, we have to go bullish and bearish. Bullish, you're for it. Bearish, you're against it. Three quick questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. First one. Rise and run is the best way to start your day. Bullish. Oh, yeah. I knew that one. All right. Next one. Living in space. Bullish or bearish? Oh, bullish. Okay. Third one, equally fun, time travel. Ah, well, bullish, but it depends on how... Uh, I'm an optimist, as, as you probably can tell by now. Uh, so I believe that, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I just don't know when. All righty. So living in space is a kind of, you know, now with everything that's going on in the in the space world, right? Uh, landing on Mars, finding water everywhere. It's just... It's awesome. I wonder if it'll happen in, in my lifetime, but very exciting. Yes. And the first one, that's literally how I get my day started uh, almost every day. So I go for a morning run. So that, that one's definitely 100%. Yeah, I had a little insight on that one. That's why I gave you a softball starting out early. <laughs> you know, you got okay. to lean into the ones that make people feel comfortable. Rise gotcha. and run. I knew that was a check. All right. All right. So let's get started. Um, so talk me through kind of what got you so interested and focused on consulting because you know in 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 my my lifetime I, when people ask well what do you do and i would sometimes i would say a consultant in my past lives and they'd be like well, okay well what does that mean you just come up with an idea and charge a lot of money and i'm like oh yeah okay that's all it is <laughs> that's it but uh not that that's what it is so i'd love to hear kind of how you landed in in coaching consultants and and doing so much work in this particular sector of the of the business world so yeah, I mean, we started um, our first consulting business 21 years ago. When I say we, I'm referring to my cousin Sam, who's been my business partner on multiple companies that we've we've built and sold together over the years. And so we started. Yeah, 21 years ago was our first uh, business, um, and that was really our foray into consulting. Um, and then fast forward about 11 years into that journey, uh, we decided that we wanted to do something online together because all of our businesses had been kind of brick and mortar, you know, working face to face with with clients. I'd spent about five to six years in Japan building a branch office for one of our consulting businesses over there, came back to North America uh, and Sam and I were meeting at a family barbecue one summer. And we said, you know, we should really do something together again because we had been doing uh, different businesses at that time. Uh, and we said, yeah, let's let's do something online. And that's really where the idea for consulting success got started. We didn't have a monetization plan. Um, it wasn't really a business. We just thought let's share ideas with uh, other people that either are consultants or want to get into consulting and we'll share what worked for us, what challenges we faced, kind of the good, the bad and the ugly. And 
that took off where people said, hey, like this is really great information and articles. Do you guys have a course that we can go deeper and learn more? And we said, no, but we'll, we'll put one together. And so we did. Uh, people said, hey, this is a really great course. It's really helped me. Uh, is there some way that I can work with you and get more kind of feedback and, um, and a bit of a custom plan? And we said, no, but we can probably put something together. So we did. And that kind of was the beginnings of uh, what is now our momentum program for people getting into consulting and then our clarity coaching program, which is where we work with consultants uh, to really help them to, to grow their consulting businesses. Uh, but that's really how it kind of came about. You know, I spent 10 plus years working with companies like Panasonic and Dow Jones and Financial Times and a whole bunch of other um, billion dollar organizations down to bagel shops and accounting firms and investment companies and small consulting firms um, helping with lead generation and marketing and branding and design. Uh, and then when we decided to do something online, we thought, where do we have the most kind of skill and experience? And that was the world of consulting. That was kind of like the common thread uh, amongst all our, our whole entrepreneurial journeys. And so that's what we just decided to talk about and share. And we built a community around that. And after that, a business around it. And I think that that's kind of the heart of everything, right? Find a need, see an opportunity, have a passion for it and see if you can create a business model that works and is sustainable and more importantly, adds value, right? Definitely. Yeah. And so how, how, how would you go about, you know, thinking, all right, so I've got a consultant who's a customer and, and saying, you know, look, I, I've been providing advice maybe to one or two companies or one or two executives, and I really want to branch out, you know, creating those kind of finding the right consulting business model. And I don't like to use that term very often because I think everybody can define business model very differently, but, you know, maybe there's something you can say of it's somebody who's listening who may be freshly out of work, looking for the next career move, um, is a consultant and really looking to add value during this time. What, what's the connection between the business model? Well, I mean, there's what I call kind of three and a half proven consulting business models, and I'm ha happy to go into what they are uh, if you'd like. But in terms of what people should be doing now, if they want to grow their business, if they want to expand their client base uh, or diversify, uh, the the best step, uh, well, actually, there's, there's two main things. And I talk about them in the Act Now book. The first is to really uh, leverage your, your existing network and connections. You know, so often people uh, are like, they don't really lean into their existing connections. They they kind of have their relationships with people. And then oftentimes, like if you've ever been in a program, you'll you'll know that feeling most likely where it's like when the program is almost done, you kind of wish that you would have gotten a little bit closer to people or talked to them a little bit more and you kind of feel like you're going to miss them, right? Probably some, I don't know if you felt that before or not, Tiffany, but um, I certainly have. And so I think that's the same with business relationships that, uh, or just people in our ecosystem. So the first thing that you want to be doing is use this time right now to get closer to those that, that you want to have the strongest relationships with. And that can come from just making phone calls, checking in, finding new ideas and insights that you can share with them. Uh, but don't just sit on the sidelines, wait and hope, uh, you know, proactively engage with these people because two things will happen. Number one, they're just gonna think about you more. They're gonna remember that you cared and that you showed uh, that you were thinking about them. But number two, in those conversations, uh, you're likely to identify an area where you can add value for them. And that could become either a referral where they go, yeah, like I, I know somebody that actually could use what you're talking about right now, or hey, that's actually really interesting. Uh, do you think you could help us with that right now? And so that can help you to generate more business simply by having more conversations. The second big thing that people should be doing right now, and really they should be doing it at all times, uh, is 
developing their intellectual property and putting out content, you know, planting those seeds because content is a really great way to demonstrate your value. It's, you can certainly say to somebody, Hey, I'm really good at doing this and I've done this before, but it's very different when you can actually demonstrate it through content in whatever format that is, because people can now actually see your opinion, your experience, your level of expertise, your track record, examples and stories. Uh, and that's a lot more compelling than you saying it yourself when they can actually make that that definition or that distinction or that decision that, yeah, this person must be an expert because look at all the different content they've put out on this topic. And so that can also create a lot of opportunities. And the big thing with content is that it typically doesn't create the results that you want overnight. It can take time. Like the same way that you plant a garden, you plant seeds, you're going to see the benefit of those, of what you've planted and nurtured over time. Uh, and so the sooner you start, the sooner that you actually start seeing results from it. Yeah. And I think you said a bunch of things in there, right? Because, you know, I, I feel like sometimes feel, I feel like people will say that consulting is kind of this, what's behind the curtain. <laughs> and, you know, if you have ever watched the show House of Lies on Showtime, you know, which is a consulting firm. It was written, um, you know, from a an ex-Bain consultant. Uh, it was a book, actually, by a guy Don by Cheadle. Yeah. So, yes, the one with Don okay. Cheadle. Exactly. Right. And it was a book written by a guy by the name of Marty Kahn, mm-hmm. um, who uh, worked with me in my previous role and now works with me here at, at uh, Salesforce. And it was made into the show House of Lies, which was really sort of the underbelly of consulting. Like, what is it really? You know, what does it mean? How do you help executives? What happens? And I don't necessarily think that was the best representation of what it meant to be a consultant, but it was for TV. So we'll leave it there. Um, But ultimately, I think finding your passion, thinking you can help people, reaching out to your network, like all of those things are, are, are easy to do. But part of it is also the kind of confidence and competence, which I know you have a lot of thinking around of having the confidence of doing it and then the competence to pull it together. Right. Yeah. I mean, these, these are, as you said, one of the biggest reasons that people don't get the results that they want is not because they don't know what to do. It's because they're holding themselves back. Right. They start thinking about all the things that could go wrong before they actually do. Or they have that perfectionist tendency, which many consultants do have, which is that they want to have all the right answers. They want to have everything in place, the website perfect, the messaging perfect. You know, they don't want to make a mistake. And so therefore they don't take any action. But what you'll see over time, um, or if you just study business and success that people achieve, it comes from taking action. It doesn't come from thinking about something. It comes from actually doing it. And so what you want to be, you know, the, the way to create more confidence is to to do more. And it's like a virtuous kind of cycle. It's all uh, connected. You want to learn more and then you want to apply what you're learning. And then when you apply what you're learning and you take action around it, then you increase your confidence because you'll see whether what you thought would work did work or didn't work. If it did work, great. Keep doing more of it. If it didn't work, then go back and try something a little bit different, adjust it, and then repeat and see if it worked or not. And when you do that consistently, you end up making a lot more progress because essentially what you're doing is you're collecting data, right? The, the actions that you are taking uh, create data of you knowing whether or not what you did was right or wrong. And then you're able to make better decisions based on that data. The challenge for, for many people is they don't take enough action. Therefore, they don't have enough data. Therefore, they're not you know increasing their levels of confidence because uh, they haven't actually put anything out there. Yeah. And I'd like to ask your opinion on this based on what you just said, because sometimes you're an accidental consultant, right? You've learned something, you find a passion, or you may not only be an accidental consultant, you may actually work for a company and your job is 
kind of consulting-like, even though you work there. So, you know, having consultants on your business card does not mean you're not sort of behaving like one. Is that fair? Well, yeah. And I would add that there's a big uh, distinction to be made between a consultant, aka a contractor who is just focused on uh, doing the work and delivering, uh, and they may have one or two clients, uh, and comparing that to a consulting business owner who is also delivering on work, especially at the beginning, uh, has to be very good at what they do. Same as that, AKA kind of, you know, the, the consultant contractor. But the difference with the second person, uh, the consulting business owner, is that they're not only focused on doing the work, they're actually focused also on, you know, working on the business, not just in the business, sometimes even working above the business. But really what they're thinking about is, how do I put better systems in place? How do I market and do business development? And, and they're thinking about leverage and assets uh, and really want to be in control of their schedule, in control of the amount of impact that they make, who their clients are, and only working with clients that they love as much as possible. So they're a very different type of person or a different mindset that you need to embrace because it's easy to just do the work. And for some people, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But if you truly want to build a business and an asset and have greater impact, greater income, greater control over your future, then you need to adopt the uh, business owner mindset uh, and that requires you to do different things, which some people aren't necessarily wanting to do, which is marketing and business development and sales and thinking about developing intellectual property and and so forth. But when you do that, that's when you really start to, uh, you know, get the the benefits and kind of the fruits of of the of your labor. Well, so. That is great advice for if you're listening, right? You want to become a consultant, you feel like you already are one, or just gaining the confidence to step out on your own and go for it. And that goes back to those business models. So I don't want to forget to go back to those three you were going to mention, because I think it's important for people to understand what are my choices. So maybe we start there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, happy to. So there's, I, I call it three and a half. It's really four, but let's just go through the, through each one. So the first would be the solo independent consultant. And this is when it's just you, you may have an assistant to, to help you, but typically you're doing everything yourself. Uh, and for, for some people, this is what they want. They want complete kind of freedom. They don't have to think about managing people. Um, for this type of business model, the focus should always be on value, not volume. Uh, meaning that you can't really deal. You don't have the capacity to take on a lot of clients. Therefore, each client that you take on should be a high value client. The second business model is um, is what we'll call the the team or the firm model. Uh, and that is kind of, you know, you mentioned uh, that House of Lies program or you think about Bain or you think about McKinsey, any of these more established consulting firms, this is the model that they typically employ. And it's about, you know, getting more people, more consultants, more associates, more partners, whatever it might be, uh, because the more people that you have and the more people that you put onto projects, the more that you can bill and you make your money typically on the difference between what your client pays you and what you have to pay the people then doing the work, you get the margin on that. Uh, and for some people, that's fantastic because you're building something that is bigger than just you. It allows you to have a greater impact. Um, it also allows you to scale your time because you're not doing all the work yourself. But for some people, that's also uh, you know, sounds like a nightmare because you have to manage a lot of people. There's more infrastructure, more resource requirements, and just a lot more management, hiring, firing, you know, training that is required to pull that off successfully. And that's actually one of the potential downside of, downsides of the independent solo model that I mentioned is the first one is that just because it is you, it means that you are the business. But if you ever want to sell that business, you can't because it's just you. Whereas with the firm model, you could potentially sell that business because 
if you've structured it correctly, you have systems and processes and people in place, uh, which means the business can run without you. The third model is the productized consulting uh, model. And that is essentially where you figure out what your ideal clients in the marketplace wants most. What is the, the main problem that keeps coming up that people you know, want solved? Uh, and you then develop a system and a process around that uh, to go in and really focus on providing a solution to that consistently. The nice thing about the productized model is that you really can benefit and gain great leverage from having systems, processes, and the right people. You typically don't need as many people as you would in the firm model, but you still want some people to run those systems and processes. Um, productized models are great for building asset value or kind of increasing the value of your company because really what you have is a product. You have whether it, it's a training or, or a course, but it doesn't require your direct involvement. Uh, and so therefore, if you ever want to sell it in the future, the, the typical multiple on that will be higher than the other two that I previously mentioned. Uh, the other benefit of the third productized model is that really what you're doing is you're becoming a master at your craft. You're doing the same thing over and over again, right? A lot less customization that you would find in model one or model two, uh, but with a productized model being model three, uh, you're not really doing a lot of new things. You might be customizing 20% of the work that you're doing, but 80% remains the same from client to client. And so there's a lot of leverage in that because you're able to reuse a lot of the work that you've already done and you're just able to make it better and better as you go forward. So I always think about the productized model, like the samurai sword kind of blacksmith, you know, like pounding out the, the metal and just making those swords. That's all they do day in, day out. And they get so good at it, which is why the samurai sword is, is so sharp. Um, and one other note about this, Tiffany, to mention is that the productized model in most cases is not one that you can successfully pull off from the start. There's very few people who get into the consulting business and go, yeah, I'm going to build a productized, you know, kind of model and, and business without having prior experience. And that's typically because in order for you to pull off the productized uh, model successfully, you need to already know what clients want and don't want. You need to know what is that main problem that you want to solve and to build your business around. And most often what happens is people will start with either, you know, model one or model two, figure out what that problem really is and what they really want to be building their business around and then go all in on that from a productized perspective or at least devote more resources to it. And now the, the final, the fourth model or the half that I call it, um, and this is actually my favorite, it's the hybrid model. And the hybrid model is essentially you just decide which of those three do you like the best and you, you know, build your business where you might have a productized element and you might also have a firm or a solo element. So for us at, at Consulting Success, we have a hybrid model. We do have an online training program for people who want to go from corporate or career to becoming a consultant. That's the productized component of it. We also have uh, a coaching program called Clarity, which is for consultants who want to take their business to that next level. That inside of it has some productized elements, but it also has what we would call kind of the firm model where we have coaches and, and people that work directly with our clients um, to help them. And so there's elements that scale really well, other elements that don't scale as well, but they provide a much more of an intimate uh, kind of customized touch. So the reason I love the hybrid model is because it really allows you to figure out, you know, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? What do you want to create? And then, uh, you know, put that at the top and then select the right business model to support the lifestyle that you want to have um, and, and just see the best overall result. So if, if someone's listening to this and goes, wow, okay, where do I start? Right. Because, you know, in the four, uh, so it's, I'm not a consultant. I just, you know, sort of, I'm not a consultant. 
I'm a consultant and I'm trying to scale or grow, or I'm, you know, I've, I've got a pretty established business, but I feel like it's kind of stagnating. What would be the, you know, what would be the three very quick bursts uh, against what you just gave as options? Well, I, I think the, the main thing for anyone coming into this is, first of all, there's no right or wrong with any of these models. And in some of our trains, we go like a lot deeper into the pros and cons of each. The, the, the importance of knowing about these models is you want to structure or you want to select a model that really supports what you want in, you know, out of your life and the lifestyle that you want to have. So as an example, for somebody who just the idea of like training and managing a team members, that just makes them feel sick. And that's the reason maybe why they left the <laughs> world, right? Then they should yep. not go with the firm model. They should probably start with like the solo independent model to get their feet wet and see how they feel about it and then decide, you know, how to, how to move forward from there. But we also have some clients and I would say that's actually a lot of the clients that we have are fall into that camp, but we have others who know right from the beginning, like, no, no, I want to build something a lot bigger than myself. I don't want to just be doing all the work myself. I want other people to help me to deliver. I want to build this up to a multi-million dollar company. Um, and I really, I get energy from having people around me. I don't want to always be by myself. And so it's important to identify, you know, who you are and where do you get your energy from and, and where will you truly feel more enjoyment and fulfillment and then select the right model for your specific situation. So I don't know, does that answer the question that you're asking, Tiffany? It, it does. And I think, you know, so a lot of times what I hear back when people listen to, to my podcast is they go, oh, I really loved what I heard, but I don't know how to make that step. You know, like I don't know how to come up with the right fee structure. I want to raise my fees or I want to I want to sell more, but sell less. You know, I don't want to have to sell as much, but I want to sell more. So maybe it's to more customers, uh, you know, and then I, and I want to win more proposals. And so, you know, so the first one is is how do I even price myself? Right. Because sometimes people it's uncomfortable for them to be like, oh, do I think I'm worth fifty dollars an hour or one hundred dollars an hour or. $200 an hour or, you know, how do you even begin to come up with, how do I make this into a revenue, revenue generating business idea, if you will? Yeah. So the first thing is don't charge by the hour, uh, because that's you know a bad proposition, both for the client and for you. That means that the moment the client, your client, you know, wants to reach out to you, they're going to hesitate because they know that every time they do that you're charging them. And then likewise, there's no incentive for you to get better at your craft. Uh, or at the work that you do, you know, you, essentially you would then get paid less for being able to provide uh, a result to your client faster, which if you can provide a result to your client faster, that's of greater value to them rather than it taking you longer to do so. So, uh, you know, hourly pricing, just it, it's used by a lot of people, but for the vast majority of, of consultants or of small firms, uh, it's not the, the, the model that you should be using or the structure or the kind of the pricing strategy you should be using. Rather, what you should really be focused on is the value that you're creating and what is the return on investment for that client. And the way that you identify that is by having a really meaningful conversation with the buyer to better understand what value is going to be created through the engagement and then, you know, aligning and kind of creating agreement between you and the buyer so that you're both on the same page around what that value is and then showing them that you're going to help them to achieve that level of value or whatever you both have agreed to. Uh, and that your fee will be in line with that creation. So they're still going to receive a, a very uh, positive return on their investment, likely a better return on their investment than they'll find anywhere else. Um, and when a client sees that, when they see it through the frame of, yeah, okay, you're showing me here that I can add an extra million dollars to my business in the next, let's just say 12 months, um, and you're, you're charging $100,000 to do that. Well, that's a 10 times return on right, my investment. Right. 
right? right? So instead of charging on an hourly basis, which you may that may only equate to like twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollars, you might be able to win a project for a hundred thousand dollars. But it's because the focus is now not on you just charging by the hours and doing the work. You've shifted the focus to the value that you're creating for the client, and that value is now viewed as an investment, not as an expense. And so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up our conversation with this last point, right? Around value, because going back to, oh, I like this. This is what I want to do. How do I charge? How do I show that value? Like what you just said, like, I'm going to save you a million dollars and I'm going to charge a hundred thousand. That's a great ROI, right? Or I'm going to help you grow by a million dollars and I'm going to ship, you know, a million dollars this year. And then forget about the next three, five, 10 years. And I'm going to charge you a hundred thousand dollars. That's a great deal. But quantifying that, I, I feel like that's where it gets into that fuzzy math <laughs> for, 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 for consultants. Sure. Yeah. There's two ways to do this, right? So the, the first or two factors that go into helping a, a client or prospective client or buyer to, to see and understand the value. The first is uh, even before you have the conversation, right? It comes down to your marketing and, and comes down to your content and to your, your communications. The more that you can share case studies, stories, examples, um, you know, you, you just go into the details where you can showcase the kind of results and, and value and benefit and outcome that a client can see or that your existing clients have seen or they're a part of a project you've been involved with. That's going to kind of seed the uh, and plant the idea in the mind of your client that they're not just going to hire you to like do work. Right. They're going to actually hire you or engage with you to get to get your help to achieve a specific result or to solve a specific problem. And that gives you the opportunity to seed what that value is going to be. And that makes your conversation with that buyer when they actually do reach out to you uh, significantly more efficient and effective um, and successful uh, because you've now put a lot of things like case studies and content in front of them before. And so that's number one. Number two is then when you actually do have the conversation, this is this is the real big one. It's all about the questions that you ask, Tiffany, right? It's um, not only asking like, hey, you're at X today, revenue-wise, like where do you want to be in 12 months from today? Well, that's fine. But then you want to ask questions like, well, why? Why is that so important to you? Well, what if you don't do that? What if you stay where you are? Um, and, you know, are you concerned about market share? Are you concerned about, about co competition? Are you concerned about shareholders? Whatever it might be. And so without going into all the different questions, the main thing is to really dig deep down. The number one reason why people don't uh, price based on ROI and value and you just default to uh, to hourly fees. Well, the first is they just, they don't know how to do it properly, but part of it is also because they're scared or they don't know how to have a deep and meaningful conversation. What most people do is they ask surface level questions. They ask a question, they go to the next, they go to the next, and then they go, okay, yeah, I'll write you a proposal. And then put it together a proposal and they have no idea how to communicate value in that proposal because they haven't identified the value in the actual conversation. When you learn how to ask the right questions and dig deep, imagine like a, an onion, you keep peeling the layers back. So you, you put out a question, you frame something, and then you go back and say, okay, well, tell me more about that. Why is that the case? Well, what if you don't do that? What if you stay where you are, right? As an example, a lot of people might talk about like return on investment, but another um, acronym to think about is, is COI, the cost of inaction. So what is the cost if you stay where you, where you are, if you don't move forward with this? And why is this such a priority for you? Is this a priority, right? Um, all these kinds of questions, when you really dig deep into them, it'll help you to identify what the value is. And then there might be you know, tangible value or intangible value, but you put all those pieces of value together and then you kind of review that with the client. You make sure that you have agreement and alignment on that value. Then it makes it a lot easier to figure out, okay, well, they're gonna increase by X amount or they're gonna see improvements in these areas 
And if they do that, here's what it means to their business. Therefore, I'm going to position my fees so that it provides the client with an exceptional return on their investment. So they'll really see value, be very happy with the outcome. But you, the consultant, also gets to capture fair compensation, which typically, if you're done it, done it properly, will be really great compensation for the work that, and time that you're spending. Well, Michael, this was a masterclass in consulting. So, I, you know, I, I, I could keep going, but... I want to be respectful of everybody's time who's listening. So, you know, this has really been great. Thank you so much uh, um, for your time and really stepping through this. But there is one thing I kind of want to end this on is that you mentioned a number of times the power of asking the right questions. And I had another guest on my podcast a number of months back, uh, Mark Victor Hansen. He wrote the book Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and so he sold a half a billion books. <laughs> so I always joke with him that like, you know, one day of his book sales is like my entire year. But, you know, ultimately he has a new book out about the power of asking and becoming a master asker mm -hmm. and, and how important it is, right, to ask the right questions. And if you're really asking those right questions and you get and you listen for those answers, you can answer a lot of the questions um, and points that Michael's been sharing with us today. And, and it's really about getting better at asking the right question and then having to listen and then formulate and action it. So thank you, Michael, so much. My pleasure, Tiffany. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us today on the What's Next podcast. So if you wouldn't mind, tell our listeners how they can, number one, keep in touch with you uh, and anything else you'd like to share with them before we end today. Yeah, my, my pleasure and uh, happy to connect with anyone uh, that wants to. Always happy to help. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn a uh, fair bit, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just send a little message. Let me know you found me on Tiffany's podcast. Always good to know where you're coming from. Uh, but yeah, in terms of, of a resource or anything that uh, might be helpful on your consulting journey, uh, if you would like uh, a new or a, a copy, a free copy of my new book, Act Now, How Successful Consultants Thrive During Chaos and Uncertainty, uh, you can get the digital version for free by going to consultingsuccess.com forward slash act now. Of course, paperback, audible, all that kind of stuff is available if you want. But if you want the free digital copy, you just go there. Uh, and if you'd like a compilation of some of our most popular articles and, and resources and strategies for becoming a successful consultant, you can go to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. And we have a 47 page uh, consulting blueprint there that you can access right away. Awesome. And I think those are great resources. And if Michael's uh, inspired you to think about, uh, you know, uncovering your inner consultant, this is a great uh, set of resources for you to, to use. So thank you again, Michael, for joining us on the What's Next podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Tiffany. What a great conversation. You know, I was excited to have Michael on the show today because so many people in my network are looking to start consulting businesses at this time. They're working from home. Why not work for myself? I've got all this experience, uh, whatever the reason might be. And so I thought it was a perfect time to sort of introduce how you could make that happen. So I hope you found his advice and insights and ideas really compelling if this is the path you're looking to take. Because at the end of the day, it's about building confidence and confidence around something you're passionate about, finding clients, making it a healthy business model for you, for your situation and for what you're looking for in life. So again, thank you for joining me on the What's Next podcast. Please subscribe, share with your friends, leave some feedback, and I look forward to having you join me again next time. 